Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Craze Cast, the podcast run by the fans for the fans that brings you close to the action. My name is Roxy, and today I'm joined by my fellow host, Jay, and our magazine founder, Connie. Hello. Hey, everyone. To keep up with all our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Craze Magazine and YouTube The Craze. Before we begin, we'd like to give a big shout out to our patrons that help make this episode possible. Big thanks to Danielle, Stuart, me, and Brienne for their support. If you're interested in joining our Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash craze magazine to check out all the great perks we have for our members. We have, oh my God, basically almost original crew from when we first started, but like Roxy mentioned, we do have our magazine founder, Connie, here. If you'd like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about yourself, please go ahead. Hey, everyone. I'm Connie. This is kind of my nickname that I've been going with since I started the K-pop fandom black hole journey down the road um, about. Actually, this year would be my whole 10-year anniversary. This is this September. So I just can't believe it's been that long. I, it's just like, like yesterday I started listening to shiny and like went down the black hole in the shell fan, fan fandom right there too. So, uh, I was like, what? Oh my God. Uh, 19, 20 years old getting to K-pop. Now I'm like, you know, obviously at 10 years on that. Uh, so it's been a ride. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Connie came onto our podcast this week because uh, it is the five-year anniversary of the magazine coming up in June. So five five whole years. I can't even believe time isn't real. It was like yesterday. I always say it's like yesterday because five years ago, I was like just got married like within a couple months. And then I was still like, I don't know, starting my design career because I graduated like two years prior. So it's just like trying to figure out myself in this working world, plus like this fandom world at the same time. So I was like such a young, naive person. I had no idea what I was doing. So um, I guess we can talk about like how I started the magazine and stuff like that. Yeah. Like how, how did you come up with the idea of just creating the craze? (laughs) <laughs> I've been telling this story whenever I like do job interviews because everyone's so interested on like how I've you know started the craze and what the craze is about and it's like oh I'm founder and CEO on my, my resume and I'm like still a, either a senior designer or an art director but um yeah so I would like I said earlier that I was still kind of in my first two years of my working career and um I was trying to apply to this agency job and it was like for government, but I felt like it could be the first step in the right direction for my uh, career. So I applied um, and then they obviously rejected me saying that I needed um, some experience, more experience. Um, So I got really, really angry. I actually like was reading this rejection letter while driving, which is a bad idea, by the way. So don't do that, guys. Why did you do that? That's irresponsible. Uh, (laughs) I don't know, because I was like on edge. I'm like, did I get the job? Did I get the job? And I like read it and I actually crashed my car. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I was so distraught. Like I was crying. I was like 
the man was like, I guess like an Asian man, like Korean maybe. And he was like, he wasn't even mad when he like saw me crash the car because I was in the straw. But anyways, I was rejected to the job. And then I had this ounce of being really, really mad. Not ounce, like a day or two of being mad. I was like, well, if they're not going to give me a job and they're, they think I need more experience, then I'm going to make my own experience. So um, before this, I had a little bit of an editorial experience, like doing editorial layout design for magazines and newsletters um, for nonprofits. So I figured, you know what? Uh, I don't think there's a magazine really for the K-pop community. Um, everything's just all online and like Twitter, Facebook, everything. And, you know, we got all K-pop and the other people soon being in Koreaboo. And I was like, you know what? They aren't, they aren't doing a print magazine. Um, so why not I start it? So, I mean, I actually had a bit of a following already on, on social media because I used to do reaction videos. Um, so at the same, around the same time as Jerry, um, as well. So I just decided to just do this magazine. It's like, you know what? I'm approve everyone that I can run a business. I can combine my, uh, you know, love for K-pop and for my design career together. So just thought that, you know, it was easy to do this. That I was like, yeah, hey, who's interested in the, you know, print K-pop magazine? And I, apparently there were a lot of people who really were interested. So I figured, all right, I guess I'll try and do this. So uh, within, I don't know, since it started March of 2016 to kind of like gather people's interests and then, you know, do the whole application interviewing people and there's a lot of work for me to do by myself actually at the time so it's like okay I need like an editor-in-chief I need like a marketing director I need like writers and editors I need everyone on this team to make this an actual thing so yeah three months went by I just you know put blasted this on Twitter be like I'm starting a magazine who's interested so um and here we are after you know building the team within I guess one to two months we started to um write our first issue which is released in June of 2016 couple couple months later and uh our feature, our first feature was BTS because obviously I'm an army. Um, and I was like, I want to do something about BTS. This is the opportunity. Um, so, you know, just worked on the whole look and feel of the magazine um, came up. So the name, The Craze, uh, I think I was like talking to the team one time. It's like, so why do we want to name our magazine? And there were various uh, like names. It's like some K-pop something. I don't know what <laughs> K-pop. I was like, no, that doesn't sound like good because it's like teeny bop and then we don't want to sound like we're teeny bop. Um, but I I don't know. I think I thought of the craze because, um, you know, we are in this weird phenomenon of a lot of people internationally just loving the music. Um, and obviously shows social media has been such a big, you know, factor in um, more people learning about K-pop and the Korean culture. So it figures like it's such a craze and craze with the C means like, you know, it's such uh, people just following it and people are really interested. It's like a big, like, you know, global wave that's happening. So I was like, you know what? You know, add a little K in it, the craze. Yeah, it's a great name. I love it. Let's go with it. So here we are five years later and we're still craze, craze, craze. And I, I don't know. I, I really love the name. I don't think I would change it either way. I think it really makes us stand out with everyone else in doing editorial web content stuff. So yeah, here we are.
I don't know about Roxy, but I have more questions for you, sure. Connie. Um, when you were starting up thinking about having to make the craze and everything, did you do any research? Like, I know you said you had background in editorial, but like, did you like do any research and like, okay, this is what a magazine's going to entail? Any stuff like that? Um, so it's, everyone's going to laugh when they hear this because um, the one movie that actually really wanted, that got me into getting into design in the first place was uh, The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> And I don't know what made me so interested in that kind of field or that kind of environment, even though like it was it was brutal and the fashion industry is just brutal itself. But I don't know. I just really like the idea of editorial stuff, like thinking about the planning of content that is either seasonal, quarterly, monthly, and really working with people to come up with really cool content. And I think that's like the purpose that I wanted to do when I started this magazine is that I want it to be definitely by, you know, for the fans, by the fans. I think we're, we've been kind of lacking that voice in the K-pop community in terms of like an editorial um, piece. So I feel like you know, I want to gather people who really love K-pop. It's not just like they're doing it for the money or for, you know, the job or things like that. I just really want true fans who really care about it and that, you know, if they have great insight about things, you know, they care about the quality of music, they care about the dramas that they watch and they care about like the culture. I think I want people like that in the magazine. And um, it's just one of those things where that's the experience that I'm hoping to bring to everyone. The research is definitely the movie that I watch, but then also kind of uh, understanding how this fandom works um, because everyone's you know, really, really um, heavy on social media, I feel like, you know, getting the word out there and also getting more people to understand who the craze is, is not really, you know, too much of a thing, but also, you know, bringing on people into this team that knows their stuff too, like, you know, having an editor in chief who has experience in leading teams, you know, having a marketing director who is, you know, experienced in understanding digital marketing. And then me, I was like this creative director, I guess, <laughs> at the time, understanding what design is and trying to, you know, put together my experience there. So I feel like everyone's experience who comes from different backgrounds, who write, who designs, who markets, I think that's what makes us really successful. And I am the kind of leader, um, the kind of founder that really relies on people's expertise um, because I, I don't want to claim that I know everything and, and whatnot. And I don't also want to claim that you know, I'm the big honcho man that, you know, everything goes my way. It's the highway. No, I'm, I'm very much like leaning on everyone's experience and whatnot. And that what, and I believe that's what makes a really, really great team um, and whatnot. So yeah, that's a little research behind it. <laughs> I have to say it's, it's very conny to me to be like, watch the devil wears Prada. It's like, that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> you know Meryl Streep and uh, Anne Hathaway are like 
my favorite people. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just something that going back to that movie, I, I actually re rewatched that movie maybe a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, my, my viewpoint of this hasn't really changed. And I'm actually really glad that that singular movie, because I imagine myself like, oh yeah, once I get out of like undergrad, get my degree in uh, design, I'm going to go to New York City and live the life that Doors Prada is like showing. And then that never happened, obviously. So I'm still here in the little DC area. But other than that, like, you know, I still made my own my own experience and um, I wouldn't change it for the world to do it for K-pop because I think it's something that brings a community together and I really love it. Roxy, if you have anything, because the interviewer in me is starting to come out and I'm like, I don't want to be the only one talking. (laughs) I uh, actually remember because I joined like April of 2016, I think. So I don't know how many people came in ahead of me, but I remember that it happened because like I actually saw the the Twitter post and um, yeah, a mutual friend of ours named Emmy. Um, I was working with her at the time and she was like, oh, I know. I know Khan. I was like, you do? Um, I definitely just applied to be a designer for for the craze. (laughs) She was like, yeah, she lives like in like the D.C. area. I was like, are you serious? Because that's where I am. (laughs) That was weird. Yeah, I didn't realize how like I I, at the time I was still trying to make a lot of like K-pop friends um, in this area. And um, and it's usually just through concerts or through like Twitter. It's like, yeah, let's meet up and like you know, be friends after one concert because we're weird strangers like that. And, you know, usually our parents would be like, don't make friends over online and and all that stuff, which is like the total opposite of how I made my friends is like and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, Roxy came in a couple, yeah, in April. And it was just like through a mutual friend. And it's just like, you know, we weren't really, we didn't know each other then. So it was like started to go to K-pop concerts together with a bunch of other people. And like, you know, Roxy's just been a big powerhouse since the start of the magazine. Also Jay too. I'm like, I think you started like the same, like literally the beginning, like March, April, like right there. Yeah. Like similar to Roxy, I saw the social media post. I think, I think, I don't remember exactly. I think it was my cousin who was following you first, Connie, because if if everybody knows Connie on social media, she is a big Jungkook stan. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it happened to be that my cousin was a huge, huge fan. And she's not as into BTS as she is now, but like she started following Connie's account. And so I started to see things on Twitter. And then I saw the post for it. And I was just like, I want to do that. Let's go do like I looked more into and I'm just like, this sounds cool. I mean, I'm in college. I, you know, do something, you know, that is something that is part of your hobby, something that you really love. So I just click join. And I remember actually, like one of my first memories is having my interview with Connie. And I think we were just sitting there for an hour just talking about K-pop and how we just did this because, um, you know, I was a long-term fan and I was just like, I really want to be a part of this. And then lo and behold, we're here. I actually came in as a promoter and I weaseled my way in, <laughs> into editorial because I wanted to. <laughs> we I wanted to re- don't we all? Because <laughs> I so, did too. I think we all just weaseled. Like, I'm not like a writer per se, but I do like writing. So I was just like, how can I get myself into this? Even though I'm technically not a writer. 
I love that you're just like openly saying that, you know what, I'm not really a writer, but you like write so many articles for the magazine so far. And it's like, uh, and you know, our, our recent release of the Got7 mini-zine, you like, you said you wrote almost half of that issue. So, I mean, I consider you now as a full-fledged writer, to be honest. I know the, the term promoter was like, when I, before this, I actually started my own Jungkook fan site um, called Silver Lining. And that's why actually Emmy, the, our uh, Roxy and I's mutual friend, because we are like fan site Nunas for like a hot second um, during whatever tour was, the Wings tour or something. Yeah, it was um, a very short period of time in like 2016. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, it was like, yeah, the wings and then goes into much later into eras, but like, oh my gosh, it was, uh, it was interesting. And, um, I mean, I haven't really done the fan site in a long, long, long time. Um, but, and then I guess Amy was still doing fan sites up too, but you know, I kind of moved on to like, you know, doing this magazine. Cause it's like, you know what, this is also a good chance for me to understand what, what else is going on in the K-pop world, not just in my BTS army land or like the shiny, like fan fan shiny world also so um you know hoping that this would be an opportunity to really know everything else and you know as the time is you know years go by and I get you know get someone busy with like full-time job and stuff like that like I don't have time to like go into all these new debut groups and like they just come in like I don't know like flies It's like so many that I'm like, who's who now? And then like, I don't know, as I get older, like every, all the newer groups are much, much younger. And I'm like, oh my God, can I still stay in this fandom? Because I feel super, super old with like people who are like debuting their born in past 2000 now. So I'm like, Ugh. so, oh my God. The, the other day I was watching the debut video for, for this boy group Blitzers that just came out and the comments, everyone in the comments was like, oh my God, this one is so hot. And I was looking at them and they literally look like five years old. I was like, this is a child. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I feel so old. I can't do this anymore. But also like to me, part of the reason that I ended up not doing fan site stuff anymore is because sometimes it felt like it got kind of scary sketchy um and you kind of get to know a lot of people involved in the fan site culture that are not good so you know people that would sell like uh flight information so we did end up running across a fan site that was selling bts's flight information weird shit like that so i feel like doing this outlet just feels more wholesome to me than like being associated with like the worst of the fan site culture you know roxy it reminds me of that one time we were at KCON la like 2017 and our mutual friend was obviously the biggest like fan site nuna for sugar and like it was some it was weird because it was like she met another fan site nuna i forget what um for, for which one but uh it was like a weird dealing happening of like trading photos and stuff and like train payment for the photos and i just like this feels really weird like i feel like we're training drugs or something it doesn't just get in our hotel room it's so just like um <laughs> it feels like black market shit so like we're dead in the hotel room and these people are sitting there so 
it's somebody we didn't even know came in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so a thing that some fan sites do is take photos of other members and then sell that to the fan sites for that member. So there was like a transaction going down and I was too tired to like really process what was going on. But now that you mention it, that it did feel like like a backdoor sort of dealing. Like it's a thing that like not everybody is aware is happening. <laughs> You're kind of like, this feels like, like, you know, some sort of secret behind a face that's not so cool, but it is weird. I didn't like, I don't like it very much. Yeah, me here. It felt really weird. I was like, I feel like I'm breaking the law <laughs> doing this. And it's just pictures. And also, by the way, for the record, don't do drugs, kids. Don't. That's wild. Like, and to think like this is happening. And also, like, I think now as we're older fans, we're just like, if you see that stuff, don't partake in it. Just don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You know, at this point, at a convention, I might go straight mother if I see some kids doing some sketchy shit. Like if I see them waiting outside the hotel room, I'll be like, go, go bed. Leave the, leave them alone. Because like, okay, you know, like I think we actually stayed in a hotel with one of the groups. I don't know who it was. Um, we never saw them, but they were like we were at one of the fancy L.A. hotels. But like, you know, with those like the black vans with the tinted windows would always pull up and leave. And I'm like, so someone's here. But there would be people that would be standing out waiting for them. Like nowadays, I'd be like, leave them alone. They want to sleep. Like I work as a professional. I know that like I don't want to deal with people after I've been working. Like let them rest. <laughs> Actually, the contrary was that uh, I was one of those crazy fans a long time ago before I knew that, you know, you should not really supposed to do that. But uh, it was, uh, um, what's it called? It was the BTS um, Red Bullet. Um, tour and I went to the Chicago show and it was really crazy because um, I think we were staying at a hotel right next to the the venue actually it's like right across the street but then there was another hotel building that was kind of near us and then like the next morning after the concert was done um, we saw a black van and then all my friends were like oh my god is that BTS's band so we were the crazy fans that like, you know, barely got our makeup done. We weren't even ready. And we just started to like sprint out of our hotel room down to the, through the lobby and then like cross the street trying to chase after this van because we we're fucking crazy. And, um, and I don't know if you're supposed to curse, but we were so crazy. And, uh, I don't know. It's like members running a marathon. Um, and I was kind of out of shape at the time. So yeah, I definitely now looking back on it, it was, um, it was, a little, it, it was crazy. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, if we want to go into all my craziness um, as a fan, we can do that. But um, it's a, it's, it's a, it was a time in my life where I was, I felt like I was healthier or like at least more nimble to the point now but then like after a certain period of time i just know my limits as a fan because i'm like elbowing um you know 10 year 10 year olds 14 year olds in pit and i'm like i can't do this anymore because uh i feel like i could throw someone down and uh, i don't feel like fighting children in pit so that i feel like that was a pivotal moment of like yep yeah, I'm not that super crazy fan like I did before. And um, I can't really compete with all these younglings right now trying to, you know, vie, you know, Opa's, you know, attention at this time. I'm like, I, I can't deal with this. I think that like 
a lot of people go through that phase, but nobody wants to acknowledge that they do. So people will go on social media and be like, everyone's fucking terrible. I can't believe you do this. And I'm like, you probably did it last week. Like, we all have to go through a period where maybe we not necessarily overstep a line. Because to me, like, overstepping a line would be like trying to launch yourself into the van or like trying to like do everything you can to touch someone, you know, but like do something that's maybe a little bit too, like doing the most, a little bit too much. So you may have a scenario where you did that, but like, I don't know. When people are young, you do stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you definitely, you do some questionable things and it, you, you when you look back at it, it's like, mm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And like Roxy said, I think we, at one point we've done it and we were young and naive and it, it happens. What, what matters most is that now, you know, you know that you're mature enough to like, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not. I'm too tired. I can't keep with up, keep up with you guys sometimes. So I know that's why like the, the teenage girls have like endless energy. I'm jealous. Cause like I get tired by 8 PM now when I got to wait for a concert to start. I'm like, can we hurry this up? I need to go to sleep. <laughs> No, it's definitely the tiredness is the old age. Um, I don't, I don't know because like these are any, anyone younger than like 24, 25 still has like the, the lungs of a, a fangirl and the agility of a fangirl too, where they just run everywhere and they scream from their abdomens of the devil, Satan, hell. And it's like, what the hell? How do you like get your voice from the back of the, hit all the way to the front like some devil may cry I'm like Jesus Christ um I I can't do that anymore but I don't know I have I used to have the agility of a fangirl like um many stories I've had that I have uh uh, the very famous one that everyone has talked about um with between my friends is that uh at a block b concert yeah block b concert in dc um, I was in, I don't know, a couple rows, rows back and, um, I decided that seeing a bunch of fans who were near the stage were like getting out their smartphones and trying to have the, get the idols to take a Celica at the time. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it too. So I bolted to the front of the stage. I literally, and it was like one of those venues that actually have like traditional seating that's like stuck to the floor. So I was like, you know, hurling over rows of seats. I didn't, I was never in track by the way. So it was like, I don't know what came over me was like, like some sort of like superpower. (laughs) Yeah. Some superpower that just like took over me. I was like running over these rows of seats and I was like, Oh, you know, here, get me the, you know, get my phone stuff, which I did. I got like two celebrities from Theo and Kyung. Uh, and it was like, it was great. So I, and I did that also at the BAP concert, but that was, I was much closer to the stage at the time. Um, so yeah, I was a really, really crazy fangirl. I, I was trying to just like, I don't know, bring a different, many, many fan accounts for like when I was still like a YouTuber at the time. Um, and I don't know, I really, you know, even though there were some really crazy stuff that I'd done and I look back on, I was like, oh my God, I was like, I was really crazy. And I was actually, uh, I appeared on the uh, BAP Live uh, Earth, I think was what the uh, the concert series was called. But I was like on the concert DVD and I was like, holy, holy crap. 
I was like blowing kisses at Young Gook. I was like, why am I doing that? Um, so like nasty, sweaty looking is great. Um, but yeah, yeah see, like, then you're confronted with your behavior because <laughs> there's video evidence. So you have to see what you did. Oh gosh. Uh, if y'all follow me on, on, on Instagram, I do have that small, small clip of me doing that. But like looking back on it, it's like, you know, it's crazy and it was young and, you know, this is what young people do. Um, and I don't really regret any of this just now, like going, becoming a lot older and like seeing that same behavior with the younglings now is like, wow, I was like that like seven, eight years ago. And now I'm like turning the, the side eye at them and like, you know, scoffing at what they're doing. And they're saying like phrases that a Gen Z would say now. And I'm like, I'm really out of this. <laughs> I'm out of touch with what's been happening lately. They're saying new phrases. I'm like, um, okay, this is something really, really weird. And I'm glad I'm not part of it because Gen Z like slang words are just weird to me. Like, I, I don't know. Anyways, I just look back on that. And I'm like, I'm going to just get my normal tickets in the, you know, on with, seated tickets. I don't need to go through the pit again. And, um, and I'm more selective with my concerts now these days than I was, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Cause I like went to every concert that came by in, um, in DC. And I also did like this whole stunt of, uh, going to the LA K-pop festival, uh, one Saturday and then like joining my friends in New York city the next day for the VAP concert. So I did all that, like fly really early in the morning and then get over there just before the concert started. So, you know, all that stuff that everyone has, you know, called me like, you know, that create, I, I, I actually label myself as a graphic designer by day and fangirl ninja by night. And uh, I still do that actually, because I just think it's a really interesting, I don't know, way of describing me in a way, but I don't know. I just... I kind of miss it a little bit, but also like glad that that phase is like pretty much over. You know, I will still go to BTS concerts because like that's my bias group. Um, and then some like other other um, artists who do come to DC, you know, I will do do try to go. I think the last one that that came to DC was Sunmi, and I was like, yes, I love Sunmi. Um, and that was like literally the day after I came from back from a Costa Rica trip, so I was like. I was still trying to be that young agility kind of person, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm old now. And, um, I know people shouldn't say that I'm old because I'm like still younger than 30, but I'm almost there, but I, I really enjoy this fandom still not as crazy as before, but you know, you never know. I think, I think 2018 BTS tour is what really, really killed it for us. Cause <laughs> Connie and I went to New Jersey and, we did, we were in the GA line. So we got a tent for the night in New Jersey, um, which was fucking wild. You and, know what? I remember <laughs> your guys' story about hearing this. <laughs> and like, we weren't the only craze members either that were there. Um, I feel like, cause Kelly was there. We met with Kelly and she mm -hmm. had a tent further down the line. Like, I think Courtney was there too at the time. Like everybody was there, but it was it was ghetto as hell because uh, you didn't have running water or anything. So <laughs> like we were brushing our teeth and like spitting into the street. Like <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and then it was like pouring rain. And then 
once they started getting everyone in line, they didn't honor the system that people had tried to create. So people were just like mass running to get further up in the line than where they were. And then by the time we got into GA, like there was a girl that pretended not to speak English when like Connie and I had like linked arms and she was pushing in between us to get closer to the stage. And I finally was like, fuck it, I can't do this anymore. So I like stood in the back of GA because I'm like, I'm too old to be in this crowd of people when like I'm about to have an anxiety attack and like I'm thirsty as fuck because like there's no water around here. Like I'm too old for this, I can't do this anymore. So I feel like that was a wake up call <laughs> for both of us because mm-hmm. we had seated tickets the next night and that was like way better. Yeah. And I think it is just, it's like a phase that everybody goes through. And then once you get older, it's just, I mean, it's still fun. It's just a different sort of experience. It's less crazy. Yeah. I, I think you're right, Roxy. That was definitely the moment of time where it was like, I can't do this pit experience anymore. I'm squished by all these young people and my back hurts and um i didn't take a decent shower yet and i literally got sick the next day because of the rain and all this you know nasty things you know in newark new jersey i don't like we were really crazy at least i was the one who was like hey roxy let's camp out overnight um let's do this so i like bought the tent and all that stuff um like I don't know. It was, it was a, it was definitely an eye-opening experience where, you know, I wish that I kind of knew what was happening, even though like it was raining at the time. So I didn't feel the need to like pack up and go, but obviously everyone just didn't care about anything. So we were like, I don't know, 200 people. No, there was more than that. I don't even know what original number was on our hands. Uh, the night prior. But then when we got there, we were like in the 700s or whatever the hell. So like, you know what? People suck. People don't care. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. Because I'm just gonna, we're just gonna make our own experience. And, um, but yeah, seated so much better now, even especially if you can get near the stage. So, um, you know, I I can go seated all the way these days. Um, and I'm not the super fan where I need to like, you know, be in the pit and be really, really close to the idols. And there are days that I really, really miss it because there I go through my Instagram story. I'm like, four years ago, Jungkook did this right in front of my eyes. And I was like, oh man, I really miss these days. But um, but then that's why we have phones and that's why we have cameras, like, you know, recording the experience and whatnot. So um, I'll miss those days, but BTS has gone just way, way, way big now that I just know that that's not going to be the same experience that I'm going to get later on anyway. So I'm totally fine with like being seated these days and there aren't any other groups that I feel strongly like BTS to like go through that same um you know experience being in pit and trying to like get like all these fan service that I really wanted um prior past experiences so I was like you know what this is the experience I'm gonna get now and I'm totally fine by it um and that other you know young people can have the experience that I did years ago and like see it for themselves and then you know go through the same phase that we did just be like you know what you know we're getting old and we still love the music we still support the groups but we're not at the stage where we're like you know do really crazy fan stuff that we all have heard on the internet (laughs) wanted to shift gears a little bit because we are talking about the anniversary of the magazine do you remember when we used to do monthly issues (laughs) that was so much work it was 
it was a lot of work to do that. I think the only reason I even managed that at the time was that I was unemployed so I could like put all of my attention onto designing stuff. Yeah, it was crazy because like, I, I don't know, I think I thought monthly was a, a really good idea um, at the time. Um, I We obviously didn't realize it takes a lot of like writing work, a lot of editing, a lot of like design layout time within the span of just one month because we like, you know, planned the content a month prior before even releasing it and whatnot. And I, I think I felt like, it was a lot of work. Um, I did at the fir- at, at first, I did a lot of layout work. Roxy did too. Um, and we were just being pretty, it, it, I mean, it, it was an experience itself, to be honest. I think like we, we figured that the K-pop community was still very um, online at large. So we just thought that, you know, doing more online articles and things like that might be a little bit more, um, sustainable at the time like we can actually get those done a little bit quicker but we I still have this you know need to be in this print issue type of of environment I don't know why I think I really love like the the feeling of having flipping through pages with like your finger smell I'm the weird one by smelling like new books and whatnot like I'm into that and um, I used to work at a print shop actually so I really um you know enjoy being around a, an environment that you know still does printing so I think I was like hanging on to that a little bit and that's why we did switch to quarterly um, maybe a couple of years ago. And um, and I think like we still had the web stuff that was a little bit more immediate and um, shorter topics and things like that. But then like the quarterly was like a little more in depth. People, people can really spend some time like curating the best content for that as well. So we had like the little bit of the best of both worlds for, for a bit. Um, but it was, it was definitely the reality of me thinking, you know, I guess print is slightly dying, not slightly, it is dying, um, especially in the magazine business. So, so many people are just reading stuff online and that is going to be the reality and I have to accept it. So, you know, we kind of stopped doing the quarterly until, you know, we might go back to it um, uh, sometime later in the future if we get good traction on that. But right now, I think we're doing really well on the the web content stuff. And um, but, you know, we are doing the mini zines. I think that usually is a big hit because, you know, it's all about one group and um, we kind of go with the, you know, our readers who is into certain groups. And it's like, you know what, let's like utilize that and create mini-zines. Actually, the mini-zine was also inspired by another movie thing because I was, uh, I went to the movies and it was Avengers Infinity War or is it Endgame? No, Infinity War. And they had like, I think one theater had like these um, uh, small little magazines that were really, really cool. Had like behind the scenes stuff and like extra content about the movie. And I was like, this is a really cool idea. It's like a little mini package thing. And um, like, I had a, like a bunch of more ideas behind that. But uh, I was like, you know what? Let's do mini zines, like something small, something like something more focused um, in that area. And um, let's do it. So we did BTS back during their tour of uh, Love Yourself tour. 
um, it was a good hit and, and everything. And then we decided to kind of keep on doing that. So, you know, Monster X and now Got7. Oh, the Got7 one, guys. I'm actually really excited for it because we like sold out our first first uh, press batch. I'm excited. And Jay is showing her copy. She's like two copies right now. That's great. I love it. You guys don't get to see that, but um, <laughs> yeah, like it's crazy to think that we were even in print. And I, I, I think what really what inspired me or triggered me to really join the craze was the fact that it was something that was going to be tangible. Even though at the time I was a broke college student and I didn't have like the funds to really have like the actual physical print issue. I think it was really cool that we were doing it monthly. And yeah, it it was slightly hard at times because we're just like we have, you know, we schedule out certain time of it needs to be drafted by this time. And I mean, it's still the process still goes on till now where we have a process, but now we have a little bit more of time to write things. And going back to what I said um earlier yes I weaseled my way into writing but I always loved writing I just never had a formal background in writing like some others do and I was just like how can I express myself that is technically not a blogger format but in a little bit more eloquent way I guess I would say in terms right in terms of expressing how I really like the music how I like the sound of it how to break down the song without sounding like that super crazy like I'm a oh my god I'm a fangirl I mean yes I am a fangirl but you know what I mean of taking the bias out a little bit and actually digging deep into what an album is or what a song is and taking all of that and then getting to see and have something tangible was like the big incentive of like, I get to see this work happen. And even as a promoter at the time, seeing people get excited. If people actually, people don't know this, the very first teaser video that we sent out for promoting the craze was done by me. And I remember shooting it and then I was just like filming it and editing it. And yeah, if you see some videos on the craze, some of them are mine, (laughs) like that I created too. So it was just crazy to see how far we've come and knowing that, you know, yes, we did print or we did monthly things turning into quarterly things. And now we're focusing on these issues. It's just like these specific issues, I should say. And it's just a wild ride. Like we've done this for five years. I'm so like boggled that it's been five years. No, I'm actually really appreciated this time because like Jay has obviously been here since the beginning, Roxy too. And, um, you know, we are a volunteer-based organization. So a lot of people do come and go um, within our team. Um, and we, we we do get sad when we lose like some of our best people and, and whatnot. But, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for these two here to still stick by this whole vision, mission statement, all that stuff for the craze since the beginning. And it's like, like, why are you guys still here? Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm sure you guys like want to go somewhere else and like you want to quit and you're like, ah, like ripping your hair out so many different times. And like, I, I feel like I could do much, much better as, as a leader, as, you know, you know, just a lot of things that I know we can do much better, but you guys are still, still here. And, um, and, and, and Jay, to go back on your point about like, you know, weaseling yourself in as a writer, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of care about people's passion for 
K-pop rather than like the, like having the actual skill sets of what you do because I feel like those are teachable, those are trainable. But I feel like if you don't have the passion for K-pop, then you're just not going to be a good fit here. So that's why we have a bunch of people who are like you know either in still in college, maybe some high school, or people like you know me, Roxy, and you are just like working full time and just doing this on the side, but. You know, I really value trying to have a platform to help build these younger kids um, in their skill sets, um, put this down as a great experience on their resume. And I support them going on to their actual careers that they actually get money and get paid. So like I'm, I'm just a stepping stone into their next career. And, um, you know, it is sad for people to come and go in, in, in our organization. But you know what? I, as long as I feel better, good about, you know, being a part of their, you know, working experience or job experience, and that's all I really care about because, you know, passion for K-pop is important here. Um, and that's what I strive for. I think that's like the main thing when I put in the website is like, I'm here to support your, your career, guys. So don't feel bad. You have to leave because, you know, you, I'm sure there are much better things you can do besides, you know, doing this for free. Um, but, you know, it's a, I'm just very grateful for you guys to still be here and be in this magazine. And I, I'm pretty, I'm hoping that you guys will still be here for a good long time. Um, and because there's just a lot more things that we can, we are planning to do uh, now that the pandemic is slowing down. So, yeah. Well, also like the reality of the situation, because in a perfect world, this job would be you know, sustain like sustainable income, like a long-term kind of sustainable thing. But like actually making money on a business is hard as fuck. And like people don't realize that. Like, cause I look at our numbers, you know, I, I know what what's coming in, what's going out. And uh it is really fucking hard to turn a profit. Um and you know, people always talk about how it's not fair <laughs> to not pay workers and stuff. And it's like it sucks, but that's kind of capitalism. So we kind of have to roll with what we got. Um, but I don't know. I think, you know, working at the craze for the last five years helped me get my current job and having that stability has in turn made me be able to put more into this as well. So I do think, you know, as much as we all wish that we could talk about K-pop 24-7 for like our main source of income, it's right now it's, it's, not a strong reality for a lot of people, um, especially with something that is not backed by any sort of like sponsor or not bought off by a bigger company since we are completely 100% independently run. Um, mm -hmm. It's a big struggle to get, get what we get. So when we do get it, I feel very accomplished. Exactly. I mean, I also do feel quite accomplished in a lot of the interviews that we're able to get the past five years. I think, you know, the marketing team has done such amazing job reaching out to folks in Korea, you know, trying to just get small interviews. And, and you know what, that's, that's what makes like all of us happy, like just getting our foot in the door over there. And we're going to try to continue to do that as well. But, you know, we're definitely there for more of the smaller groups or the smaller entertainment um, companies and just trying to help them build their own fan base here in the, um, international fan base. 
um, because, you know, some of these groups, I guess, um, don't have, aren't as big as the other, you know, big three, big four at this time. So, you know, we're here to support them. And, um, but, you know, having our foot in the door with all these great interviews that we've been getting so far, um, even some well, real, well-known groups too. Um, and, uh, I'm just like, how do we get these? Like, like who, who, like, I, like sometimes it's like a dream come true to me. And, um, and I'm hoping that, you know, we can grow our team even further, you know, like if anyone has interest in writing or really wanting to get their feet on the ground in terms of like, you know, contacting people to on, on the media side and just being a part of something that, you know, you have pretty much um, not free reign, but like, you know, the open opportunity to really put your talents and passion into a place where, uh, you know that there's going to be some good coming out of it. I know that, you know, a lot of fans who complain about the other media outlets who are not as, probably not as true and honest and authentic as us. And I think that's what sets us apart. Um, But we are still really trying to grow the team and just trying to, you know, lock down opportunities out there um, that can help us grow. So I'm really excited for those opportunities. And, you know, here's to another five more. and, and having plans for the business itself to to grow. So um, it's uh, hopefully we will make some revenue. I mean, the revenue definitely comes from our mini zines and, and stuff, but uh, you know, any sponsors out there listening, hit us up. Yeah, just shout out to the team members, past and present. You know, a lot of work, a lot of work has come through the hard work of all the team members who were part of us, whether they're still here now or they're no longer part of the team, you know, it's thanks to a lot of people that we are even here today. And just getting the chance to work with such passionate people who are really, really like wanting to see the craze flourish and everything it without them without this team you know we wouldn't be here where we are today and I just want to put it out there thank you to all the members who past and present um you know who you are you know you know who you are without like some of the things I'm just like how without you I don't know how this would happen I would feel like huh (laughs) this is happening (laughs) what I even get blindsided I'm like you know me and Roxy work on the marketing team and we're like huh (laughs) you know sometimes when email comes in you're like hold on what (laughs) right and you know so it's just like you know whether you're on the marketing marketing team design team editorial like you guys are always much appreciated and I'm probably taking the words out of Connie's mouth I'm sorry (laughs) no you you got it you got it really well I think uh, definitely our our their team members have been just the, everyone's been the backbone to this whole magazine. I think every single person is so important in, in this team that makes this magazine very successful. Um, and there are so many times that some of us either, you know, can get a little bit discouraged or, or busy. And we may have moments that we're not as engaged, but there are others in the team has, has, has helped everyone else who are who has been feeling those feelings to come back and be more engaged and i i was definitely one of those people who felt like a little bit disengaged and um you know hope like feeling that there could be more that could be happening for us but i think the the support 
from all the team members and um, the the willingness to keep on going has been such a tr- tremendous like you know feeling toward for me to kind of be like you know what I can keep going with this too um, and also shout out to all of our listeners and readers like you guys also make us happen too like all the retweets and supporting all of our posts and reading our articles on our website and buying our issues it's like. You guys already are broke K-pop fans, but you're still willing to like put money into us for content that's just made by fans. And I'm sure that's pretty much the reason why you guys buy or it's just because, you know, you're supporting your bias group. But still, it's something that it really brings us joy to see all those numbers, um, you know, just flourishing. It's like, oh my God, we're, you know, over an X amount of like retweets. It's just amazing. So it's, it. So, you know, all of our listeners and our, all of our readers are definitely also part of our success. And we, I, on behalf of the team, can't thank you all enough on that. Shout out to all the people also who have been willing to take a chance to interview with us as well. Like, remember KCON 2017? The, technically, the original gang is here. You know, the three oh, are here. Indeed. <laughs> Wait, did anybody else help us? Oh, um, oh gosh. I think we had maybe one or two other people stop by, but it was the three of us holding down the booth for sure. Yeah, that was a wild time. KCON, when KCON yeah. returns. <laughs> yeah. Being in line with Connie. Because uh, I was alone technically. And then I saw Connie. I was just like, I'm just going to stand in line, even though we're sitting in different spots. Yeah, it's uh, that, I don't know, that's one of my favorite memories of the magazine, actually, is definitely running that um, uh, KCON booth with a with another clothing vendor. We kind of shared the, the the fees and everything, because it's obviously very expensive. Um, so, but it was, it was great, you know, we were able to um, do, you know, interact with our um, fans or future readers and things like that, and just kind of, tr- you know, getting our name out there. And it was definitely an experience, because we're uh, doing this for three days straight was already tiring. I mean, the first day was already tiring. Me, me and Roxy were dead at uh, the first night of just full convention only. Like I lost my voice and, you know, Roxy's like dead. <laughs> like, like our friends wanted to go to the K barbecue. We're like, no, no they kept no. trying to go out at like one in the morning. I was like, bitch, I got to sleep. I can't <laughs> leave this. I'm not leaving this hotel room. That happened a couple times. Like, I feel like we were pumped up after the concerts for like five minutes and it's like, okay, I'm tired again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was really, really tiring. But I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that in the near future that we can run the booth again. Cause that was actually, despite being tired and despite like the three of us, like trying to man the booth and, and all that stuff has been such a, such an experience. Like we get to meet really cool people. We get to like do giveaways and like Roxy and I were like donating our scratch tickets for high touch and like whoa, audiences and stuff. It was great. And then like, we we're able to just like have a, um, you know, join Jeff Benjamin for the got seven review, which is great too. So it's like, it was, it was amazing and, uh, met some really great people and we were still, you know, going to KCON afterwards, but just not running a booth. So, um, later down the line, we will hopefully run a booth later again. Just, uh, you know, money is just a, a thing that is hard to come by <laughs> these days. People don't realize how expensive 
it is to run a booth, especially if you're paying out of pocket. I don't yep. know if we even have the money to do it right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just like, like we were just lucky enough to even do it with a co-vendor, honestly. Because <laughs> it's like, hey, let's just, let, let, you go to KCON. I'm like, okay, yeah, we could, we could do this. So it's like, yeah, a lot of out-of-pocket expenses, definitely a lot, not just paying for the booth spot itself, but like all the branded items. And like, I was able to get like a discount at the print shop I was working at. So we got like cool banners things and we have to do all these like sticker printing which I still have like a bunch of stickers in my garage um from KCON 2017 I'm like do we should we keep these like it's a little outdated but okay I'll keep them for now but um yeah it's just a lot of work behind it but hopefully in the future we will get to a point where we can do that by ourselves actually so who remembers Roxy chasing after somebody who stole from our booth I did that I don't remember that hold up hold I up do. wait what what you need to replay this because I literally have no memory of this. I don't either. What happened? <laughs> remember, it's so funny because I remember it. Um, I think it was the last day of KCON. And you know how we were giving away the the signs that we were using for our little photograph, Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. Right? Somebody w- went off with one of the logos. <laughs> and I remember Roxy's like, did she just take it? I think she just took it. And she, she totally booked it to chase because they were taking pictures at our booth and yeah. then they thought they were slick. And I don't remember which logo it was. I don't it know. It was probably got seven to be honest. Or is it one one? It was either one oh, or one. Or or got seven at the time and they made off with one of the logos and Roxy was like, wait, we're not done. What? And I remember her booking it and I'm just like, I can't believe somebody tried to steal from her booth. How did I book it with a broken foot? <laughs> I don't know. That's right. You did hurt your foot that, that weekend. Oh my God. No, I was so mad. And you were just like, I need to, I need to go after her. I probably, you know, I was probably like sleep deprived and my foot hurt. And I was like, I'm not going to let this happen. Like this is, (laughs) this is crossing the line. Give me my shit back. And then, I mean, eventually we ended up giving it away to every, like, you know, by the end of the day, but still it was just like, we weren't even done with the day yet. Like, Like, be patient. Like, I feel like there were people waiting around. And the the funny thing about these signs is they were just like styrofoam, like Mm -hmm. they weren't even special. I have the 17 one. I I have the the got seven one. Yeah, I took that one. But like, I feel like there were people at the end that were crowding around because they wanted the one 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 so much. They were like, can we get it yet? And I was like, bruh. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. I Those are the freebies I did at the print shop. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I need you to cut out these uh, logos for me because we're going to do the photo booth. I actually don't remember that story at all. I, I do. That there. was like one of my favorite like moments because I was just like, oh gosh. And just last week we were talking to Lauren and she's like, I actually was at your guys' booth and took a picture. And we're like, what? Really? Yeah. And she showed, she sent the picture. I'm like, you did take the picture because that was my hand holding it up for you. I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's crazy to think that like we met even some of our other team members like are getting the chance to go to KCON and see each other in person rather than always being online and you only see a picture or hear a voice and I'm just like can it come back to this again and this time I always said like next year I'm gonna make my way to the east coast because I never get to see the east coast team because I'm always handling the west coast team so whenever KCON is in LA so I was just like I need to see the west coast uh, east coast team like soon but then the pandemic hit so (laughs) 
<laughs> well, never say never. You'll definitely do it one day. And uh, KCON will probably be bigger than ever and all that stuff. So I'm pretty sure by next year, KCON's going to come back and uh, be the normal thing it is. So, um, uh, but I remember one interview <laughs> for KCON. It was, uh, what was that year? It was in New York. And um <laughs> Roxy, we were interviewing Jong up and um <laughs> Oh yeah, that was 2019. That's yeah. 20, okay, that was like the year before the, the pandemic then. Oh my god, I was dead tired, okay? I was, you know, sleeping on the table in the press room and we were scheduled to interview Jong up. Uh, and I was like, oh my god, okay sleeping like putting my head down and then I guess I don't know Roxy I don't know what you were doing but you were like staring at Jung up or saying something and you didn't even wake me up I was still I, okay sleeping I saw them walk by and the press room and they were gonna come back and I was like all right here we go get it together get it together bitch um because <laughs> like when I saw walk by I was like fuck he really brought Jong up because we weren't sure at the time um and wow. yeah I don't know but then like when he was there you were like hi Jung up and I was like god he don't <laughs> No brain girl. Because <laughs> you caught, I don't know, he was just standing right there as I was like waking up from my little slumber. And I'm like, Roxy, why didn't you wake me up before? Because <laughs> that was all I noticed. I was like, you know, sleeping. Anyways, it was, that was fun. I, Roxy got to, um, you know, interview one of her biases um, in VAP. So it was fantastic. And <laughs> Roxy, were you shaking during that interview? I'm sure I was. My brain wasn't working. Um, I do. I remember my favorite part though, is we finished the interview and we gave him the little goodies and both, both Jung up and Min, like we're playing around with the, the slap bracelet. I was like, this is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think like that's one of the cool things about having stuff like that for the interviewees. It's just like, they're like, Oh my God, this is so cool. I wasn't expecting it. You know? Oh, I, I remember Jung up's cute expression. Like he took out the slap bracelet. He's like, Oh, what is this? Is the craze like our logo on it? And he goes, Oh, Oh yeah, everyone's like, oh yeah, it's adorable. He was really, he was really nice. Like I know people talk about how like your K-pop bias is probably not who you think they are, but Jong Up was very, he was very like soft-spoken and quiet and very respectful. He was a very, he was a a good person to talk to. Like obviously he he didn't speak English, so um, June was translating for him, but he was very like he was very open and very calm, and it was nice. I don't know. I think it was a good time. My goodness, like the memories that we've all made somehow some way through the craze and i like five years guys five years that's wild you ever think about how much k-pop has changed in that sphere in that time between 2016 to now now people fight each other over which group they stand rather than like all k-pop stands fighting everybody else yeah it's been really i mean it's definitely not the the fandom that I kind of, uh, uh, I say grew up in, but like just experienced in, in my first couple of years. And it's like, I don't know, at the time it was EXO was really big and BTS was still like, you know, un- underrated, um, underdogs. And I was like, no, BTS deserve the spotlight. And then like EXO fans were like still really crazy exotic. So nowadays this, I think that is kind of true that they still fight within fandoms and like, it used to be like, 
like all K-pop against everyone else because like it was like on uh, BTS was first at the BBMAs and then like Big Bang was at that one like um, award show as well and a lot of people who were you know a little bit closed-minded and they're like are they from China where are they from I'm like oh my god you guys are so stupid um but now it's just like no more groups coming in vying for the, the the spots and like I think also social media has grown the last five years too it's like it used to be like oh count like get views up to the mi- uh, one million that was already hard enough and then now it's like today oh we need to get to a hundred million in 24 hours I'm like how did that all change within the last five years from like one million was like the goal to like a hundred million 200 million it's crazy change of access like honestly it's just people especially with the last year people are home they don't have things to do as much as they did before you know so they have time they have time to just scroll away and I'm like you know hitting that button and it's wild to see how even back then even just five years ago like it was even a struggle for us to even find concerts happening as frequent as they are now and I think just the change in social media and how k-pop is such a global phenomenon that you know back then we're just like you know it was even lucky we got maybe three artists coming to America and and touring America, let alone coming to either the biggest cities, which is New York or LA. And now like you'll hear like there's like six or seven groups coming now almost every year. And it's just like, how do you, you know, how do you get to all of these things now? And now it's even harder to even get tickets. Even if, if it's a smaller event, it's just like you guys sell things out. And I'm just like, definitely the fandom has grown a lot, a lot. And more people as the wave that BTS brings it's just like there are more people trying to get into this whole K-pop thing there are people who I knew that back then they're like ew oh my god you like K-pop and now look at what's happening like I see you all (laughs) listening to it and I'm just like I was there since the beginning (laughs) the worst you judgmental pricks you're not allowed here Yeah, exactly. I hated those people who, at least when I got into Shiny at the time, and uh, I was so in love with those boys. And I was like, you know, kind of uh, introducing K-pop into college and doing a lot of my projects surrounding Shiny at the time. And they're like, oh, they look really gay. And I'm like, excuse me, people. They are, have more talent than, you know, in their entire bodies and your little finger. Thank you very much. Um, so it was like a fight. Like I was really upset so many different times that I hear those comments. Um, but yeah, like not just even five years ago, but like, you know, seven, eight, nine years later, it's been more accepting. It's um, it's definitely been a place where people who are who don't really belong maybe in their current group of people or in their society where they can just just come listen to K-pop. They don't need to care about like understanding Korean at the time unless they like really get into it and they learn Korean themselves. But it's like, you know, it's like a place for escape. And I think that's what originally that's what I was doing. Um, and then also fangirling over how hot they are <laughs> and whatnot. But um, but yeah, it's just a phenomenon again, how why we're named the craze. It's just 
it keeps on growing. And um, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts about where would K-pop grow in the next couple of years? I don't know. I'm scared, to be honest. Like, We're at the point where uh, McDonald's can market a meal as a BTS meal and everyone will buy it, even though it's just a 10-piece chicken nugget with fries and a drink. Like, that's all it is. And it's and like most, 10 bucks. And it's, it's a, like a lot of money and you're not getting anything special out of it and people are still buying it. So like, if we're already there, like, yeah, I think it's just like, it's only going to grow bigger from here. I don't know, like the sky's the limit still with it. And like, I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done, I think, with, um, you know, having K-pop even more accepted. You know, it's even like, if you take, take a look at it, like even, you know, artists of color, you know, even in the Western sphere of music still don't get the same recognition, you know, so it's still an uphill battle. And those people deserve their credit, whether your Latin music, you know, the black artists who are out there, all the artists of color out there, they deserve their recognition and their time because they also put in the artistry. And, you know, I know there's a big push of like wanting to have K-pop up there in the big leagues. And yes, we all want it, but it's going like, you know, with the industry of how it works right now, it's so hard. And so I feel like, you know, in the next few years, there's going to be an even bigger push for not only artists of color, but also people who are into K-pop really, really wanting that recognition. And I I am scared, like Roxy says, but I am also just like, I want to see where it goes. I honestly want to see where it goes yeah i was i'm in a scared um feeling as well with you guys because it's like in 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 the sense of like for the craze too it's like you know k-pop you know whole thing the genre is a craze and usually crazes do die off (laughs) eventually you know like when we were growing up it was all the 2000 music and you know that was a thing and then i'm sure sure like it would be the same for k-pop which scares me because i love this genre so much and i'm pretty sure when i children that I'm making them listen to K-pop. Um, so it's going to be like, yeah, mom was like, you know, playing Korean music, even though we're not Korean. Like, I didn't get that. And, but I really liked like certain songs like, yeah, because I forced it down your throat um, when you're a child. But uh, <laughs> it, it's, it is scary because it's like, what's the, what, what does the future really hold? But I feel like I'm a little hopeful too, where I think, um, you know, Korea itself, they are uh, really ramping their entertainment business, um, especially since it's a, one of their <laughs> main products right now that's making them uh, the, the, the money, but um, but also like hopeful that a lot of collaborations and opportunities are opening up here. I think um, BTS being at the Grammys or being nominated there, I know everyone's like, oh, they got, you know, stolen with the award and stuff, but I think it's a good step so far that we're at. I think um, it's a really big step. Like, I don't think anyone, pr- any groups prior BTS would ever imagine like k-pop being in award shows in the united states it's like it's really crazy so i think it's gonna grow um i don't know where the cap is at um and that's what scares me but i think um we just keep on riding this wave and see where it goes and i'm hoping that you know everyone else will still keep riding the wave with us and support these groups um as best as you can And with that, I think that's a good place to sort of uh, shift our focus back into our segment on rookie groups, because there are so many groups that come out nowadays compared to even like five years ago. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So uh, we are looking to go back and highlight some of the newer groups. So this week, I know it's been a while since we've been back on the podcast and um 
So we've kind of dropped off of highlighting our rookie or underrated groups, and we definitely wanted to bring it back for this episode because, you know, as we are going through that time period of reflecting about, you know, us as not only a magazine, but also us as K-pop fans, you know, like give credit where it's due to these groups who are trying so hard to like really make it in a very saturated market right now. Yeah, I I agree. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I was like, there's just so many groups that come out and that there are. I don't even know like the the ratio of the number of groups that come out per month or per week. It's it's crazy, and that um, I, I don't know. I had like a binge watch of like oh certain K-pop groups who like fell off or who never really even announced their formal disbandment either. So it's like it's a really much tougher out there to really break it into this business, and it's even a lot of smaller entertainment in, uh, companies are just trying to make their break too, and they're hoping to have like a Cinder- Cinderella story, just like Big Hit <laughs> with BTS, where they're such a small company, they had no like you know chance at the time, long time ago, to compete even compete with SM and JYP and. Um, um, Wow, the other group is the other YG. YG, there we go. <laughs> my brain. Um, yeah, so it's uh, that's why I think uh, it's important to really try to highlight some of these rookie groups who are really trying to make their break in in this industry. And um, you know, hopefully, with our little chat here, just to get to know the groups, and for me to even like get to know these new groups, because it's like you know what, I don't even know where to start. So here we are. And who are we highlighting? today Roxy so today our uh rookie group of the week is purple kiss um they had a pretty good debut I would say uh if you look at their numbers I just watched their debut MV this morning and it's at like 19 million hits um (laughs) Jay's face right now it's just like that's a huge number like if you even got over like two million on your debut that you know that's something yeah so purple kiss i feel like their debut was announced like last june and it didn't happen until like march of this year so i remember they were on the content sheet for months and i was like what is going on um so the like the main reason that i remember them is that they were promoting them like months and months before they even planned to debut them uh which part of me did find kind of annoying because I'm like when is this gonna happen can we speed this up please um I don't have time to be like checking every day to see if you have a date um but yes Purple Kiss is a girl group under RBW Entertainment uh which houses Mamamoo and they had their official debut in uh March on March 15th um and it did decently on the charts uh according to what I see here, it made it to the 11th space on the Korean charts, which is not terrible. Um, but I do think they had a pretty strong debut song. I really liked Ponzona personally. Yeah, I, I actually looked into it like yesterday. I was like, oh, wow, you know, very, they have a really strong visual. I think we kind of, we, we don't see a lot of that like dark visual these days. I mean, I'm, you know, as a BTS fan, I miss the dark visuals of their debut and their earlier days. So it's like, 
and especially for a girl group to do that, it's really different. I mean, I know everyone loves Twice and like Red Velvet and they're, you know, they do some dark, you know, um, themes as well, but I think they're, they're definitely a little bit more on the brighter side. And um, I don't know, I, I, I really like dark things and uh, their music video just screams that. And even like I was looking into their debut stages as well and like their clothing and kind of like their style really speaks out volumes of the more serious like you know still cute and still like you know really talented but really like that the whole vibe that's a little more mature than the other girl groups i think i remember um so i didn't get the chance to really watch the music videos while we were researching for this but this was a group that i always saw on social media their names along with everglow and oh gosh cherry bullet like those those three groups are like names like i recognize people were talking about them and getting the chance to uh listen to them for this week i was like i really like their sound they're very reminiscent of dreamcatcher which i'm pretty sure roxy's like yeah because she's all team dreamcatcher and um like, I was just like, I really, really like their sound. And for me, I've always stated it on the podcast. It's hard for me to get into girl groups. It's so hard. But this, this is something I can mess with. This is something I really like. So I'm so excited to see where these girls are going to go and keep doing this dark sound because I like it a lot. Yeah, that speaking of dark sound, Pixie is another group we have to look into. Uh, mm-hmm. Love what they're doing. But yeah, I really like the visual too in the music video. I don't know. I'm the goth in me just like loves to see when we do this. So yeah, I really liked what they did. And I did feel like it was their sound and their stage presence was almost, I don't want to say like a higher level, but you could tell that they had been curated for a while. Um, So I do think they're going to have a pretty good success once, you know, things kick off even further. And I mean, considering the views that they're already getting, it's like, oh yeah. And you know, when you're not necessarily overshadowed, but when your name is also attached to a company that houses a big powerhouse vocal group that also gives them a little bit of the edge that is just like, oh, what do what does Mama Moo's little sisters have to play? You know? No, I agree. I think um, a lot of uh, entertainment companies who already has powerhouses in their portfolio um usually the day debut groups um do do well um they rank up a lot of views and uh, 19 20 million is actually a lot for a debut group for this for this age um and uh you know, looking at their profiles, I'm like, just doing a little bit of research myself. It's like, you know, they, they seem very mature. I think the oldest member is uh, 97, um, which is the same age as Bianca. Um, So it's like still pretty young. I, these, these, these girls are like the same ages as my like cousins who were born within the 2000 to 2002, 2003 timeframe. So, I mean, they're not too, too young, um, but they're also pretty, I feel like they look pretty mature for their age. Um, and looking like they're mostly Korean, except for Yuki. I think she's all Japanese. And um, I don't know what, you know, everyone's kind of biases are, but just looking at some um, early polls is like Yuki is pulling a a pretty big following right now. And um, I think there's another member who's actually pulling a big following too. Oh, Nan, Nan, 
Gulyan. Yes, I can't pronounce names these days, but yeah, I think um, I don't know. It's 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 really interesting that they 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 have such a strong presence. Um, I think they have a long way to go in terms of like just getting their names out there. But I'm happy than them. There's there's just a lot of like groups out there to try to compete and vie for the top, um, you know, chart spots and whatnot. But wait, with 19 million views, you know, it's they're, they have nothing to worry about, hopefully. And, you know, because we talk about these underrated rookie groups, you know, ju- like we always say it, you know, it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but we hope you that you give them the chance and just check them out because... You know, they're just they they worked hard. All these rookie groups and underrated uh, artists have worked hard to get to where they at to de- debut. So if it sounds like something you're interested, go ahead and check them out. And even if it's not still check them out, see if it's to your liking. And we really hope you guys do check all of the groups that we recommend because, you know, there's going to be something for everyone out here. So, yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what they're gonna do next. I actually really like their um, ending pose with their um, purple kiss logo because it's like putting your two uh, thumb and index fingers together and then like doing is like a I don't know like a mask thing like you put your other fingers up. So it's like that's a really cute like do like th- like their logo, but uh, so like that makes them stand out in terms of like who they are as a as a brand as a name as a group. So definitely take a moment to um, not just look into their um, debut music video or their debut stages, but also take a listen to their whole album. Um, They definitely have a much more mature sound than a lot of the girl groups who are um, coming out this year or last year. I think um, if you like that uh, more, what's it called? Moody vibe. (laughs) I call it moody um, because it kind of puts you in the mood where, you know, it's not like sad, but it's like really serious and really mature. I think if you like that kind of style, um, I think you enjoy it and just definitely, hopefully you give them their, um, your support in, um, years to come. And with that, I think we are good to wrap up for today. Any final thoughts? Oh, five years and more counting. Um, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, I was actually initially very nervous about like talking on a podcast because I know everyone's going to hear how one horrible my voice sounds and two, how crazy I <laughs> I am as a, as a, as a, as a founder of this magazine. So I know that I've, I've not really been like a big presence out there since I've been not really on Twitter as much or things like that, but I'm really trying to get myself back out, out there, um, on social media. We will see TikToks like still a foreign object thing to me. So, um, I'm going to stick with Twitter and Instagram for now. Um, so yeah, you can all find me there. Um, um, and, um, but yeah, I really enjoy this segment. I, I really love reminiscing old times with you guys and it's just been so fun. So I hope to uh, come back again sometime soon to like actually really talk about more K-pop stuff. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Connie, for being on this episode. It is always great to talk to you. I mean, you're a natural. Okay. So don't even be nervous. You're fine. You're fine. And we, we like to keep it like a conversation, um, for our listeners out there, 
um, and readers, all the supporters. Thank you so much for sticking with us for five years. And um, just a wellness tip, you know, go out, go outside, touch some grass, you know, get some fresh air, you know, I mean, with everything easing up, you know, still be safe, but you know, in your own terms, get some fresh air, take care of yourself. And yeah, happy five years, the craze. I mean, we did it. Like we're still here and we're still going. So yeah, we're not going outside out here. The goddamn cicadas are out right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe not in Roxy's case, but you know what I mean. But yeah, I can't believe it's been five years myself. Time time isn't real. I feel like I say that every episode, but you know, (laughs) time goes by fast. Uh, So here's to another five years, right? (laughs) More, more, more support, more K-pop, everything. Oh, and then just more fans like you still on listening and get your friends and family to listen to us. Um, Just spread the word. That's the day and age of marketing. So thanks, guys. The uh, Craze Cast is is available on your favorite streaming platform. So be sure to check us out wherever you want to and leave a rating and review. And in addition, we do have a new batch of Got7 mini issues uh, for print that are arriving. So if you haven't gotten your hands on one, definitely check Check it out. Uh, we have them listed on the website and grab a copy because it was a great issue. And be on the lookout for a giveaway. Just saying. Indeed. We are planning a giveaway. So keep an eye on our social media for that. So this has been the Craze Cast, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.